VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Thanks for listening to the best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. Ready to roll. It's a Wednesday live in Los Angeles, home of the winning Lakers. This is The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening or watching, as always, thanks for making us part of your day. A lot of choices out there. Yesterday, I did top 10 NFC teams, top of next hour. Today, much more difficult. Top 10 AFC teams, draft over, free agency over, coaching staff set. Top 10 AFC teams. Top of next hour, J-Mac Jack for that. Well, 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 kind of a surprise last night, J-Mac. Now, I have the Warriors in, I forget, five or six. You, Who do you have? War- this I have Warriors in seven. All right. A lot of people freaking out. No need to freak out, folks. By the way, how about Jordan Poole last night? Huh? He played well. Told you he's in line for a big series. He is. They're going to need him. Warriors fans don't love him, but they're going to need him. Wiggins stunk. No show. All right. Not to go Aaron Rodgers, but R-E-L-A-X, Warrior fans. Number one, Golden State, the reigning champs, came off a tough, long, emotional seven-game series, had very little time to prep or rest for this game. The Lakers came in with two days of additional rest, a huge deal for LeBron, a huge deal for AD. In fact, last night was only the third time all season that LeBron and AD both played simultaneously 40-plus minutes. The Lakers' stars were rested. They had a nice game plan. Let's be honest. Golden State didn't even have a defensive game plan, and they jacked 53 threes. They didn't have much of an offensive game plan. They've done this before. They let the series come to them. So that's number one. You got a rested, focused, underdog Laker team with a real game plan. Number two is, the Lakers are going to shoot more free throws in this series. Why? Because they led the NBA in free throws. Why? Because they initiate contact. Why? Because they can't shoot. It's a really, really limited offense. And Golden State let them do what they wanted to do last night. 
Nobody's out to get the Warriors. Nobody's trying to push the Lakers past anything. The Warriors were last in the league in free throw attempts. And on a night without much of a game plan, Jack and 53 threes, that's what it looks like. A massive free throw disparity. Now that said, you got to make Anthony Davis at least work for it. But again, Looney only played 29 minutes. Draymond Green in foul trouble, only played 34 minutes. The Warrior Stars, Wiggins didn't play very much, 33 minutes, and he was awful. So you got to put more length on the floor. They will. The Warriors will. You got to get the Lakers moving in transition. They will. You got to get the pace faster. They did a little bit in the second half. They will. And the third thing, the Warriors adapt better than any team in the league. They were in trouble against the Celtics last year, went to Boston and won. They were in trouble against Sacramento, went to Sacramento and won. That's what they do. Steve Kerr is worth a game in this series. He was against Mike Brown, he was last year, and he will be in this series. Now, I didn't pick Golden State to even get to the finals this year because it's a lopsided offense. It's too Steph-dependent. If Steph scores 31 points or more, they're 4-0 in the playoffs. Less than that, they're 0-4. The plus-minus is absurd. With Steph on the floor, they are plus 57. Without Steph on the floor, they're minus 47. This team is overly Steph-dependent, which was better in his prime, but he's 35 years old now. You're not getting a game seven. You're not going to get him as good on fewer days rest or when he's facing a very rested team. The Lakers came out through long Jared Vanderbilt and others at him, got him off his game. That's why Jordan Poole had so many open shots and took them. But the Warriors have no interior scoring. I believe, J-Mac and I have discussed this for months, I believe they will address it in the offseason. Looney's a great rebounder, but there is not a big guy in the league that has less offensive skill. He has no game. So now, did the Lakers, have they met their match? Well, they did last night. Have they met their match with a dominant, healthy, big now AD playing his best? Perhaps, but my feeling is game two, equally rested. AD played 44. LeBron played 40. Warrior starters closer to 33, 34, 35 minutes. Looney 29. Game two, you'll get a different energy from the Warriors. They'll play with more desperation. They'll have some sort of defensive game plan. I don't know what that was. Once Draymond got in foul trouble, that wasn't much defense at all. And here is LeBron and AD after. We've been playing playoff basketball uh, for about two and a half months now, just trying to you know punch our clock in to be able to play right now in the postseason. So, um, you know, we've been very resilient tonight versus um, – uh, versus a team like Golden State, um, you know, defending champions, and we know how great they are on their home floor over the years. So um, to withstand that, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's another uh, good step for our for our, for our ball club. LeBron said after the game, "Quote: The Warriors play like road runner. You've got to get your rest. The Warriors didn't have any. The Lakers had over two days extra rest. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. This team adjusts." But Anthony Davis is going to have a great series. We have predicted it. It was better than I thought, but it should be noted. I'll get to this later. Look at his second half efficiency compared to his first. He wore down and historically has. Okay, so Joel Embiid, 
Uh, a lot of people rooting for him to win the MVP. He's a funny guy. He's been great. Big personality. He's good for the league. He won the MVP. Now, he only played 66 games, but there's a precedent. Years ago, Bill Walton, decades ago, won the MVP, MVP and Bill Walton played um, like 57, 58 games. There's a precedent. But it did feel like it was as much about an anti-Jokic vote as it was a pro-Embiid vote, didn't it? Jokic is off-brand. He's not vertical or flashy. He's not fun or fashionable. He's not on IG. He felt completely out of place at the All-Star game. It was embarrassing. Embiid is the NBA brand. Big personality. Funny. Big game. Dunks. Up and down the floor. He's a fun watch. The league and the voters did not want to give dull and efficient Jokic a third straight MVP. MJ didn't get one. Either did LeBron. But it's not that Embiid won. It was a landslide. 73 votes to 15. Wait a minute. I was lectured for years about the triple-double. That's why Westbrook won how valuable the triple-double was. Over and over, nauseating the value of the triple-double. I said, if it was so big, why don't we talk about Oscar Robertson? If it's so great, then why isn't Russell Westbrook a winning player? On and on, I was lectured about the value of the triple-double. Well, that's kind of Jokic's thing. That's his department. He averages basically a triple-double. Apparently, it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. I've been told analytics are everything. I have scoffed at that. I have for years said analytics are great, and for the regular season, the volume game, I get it. Get to the playoffs. We saw it last night. Bigs beat smalls. Twos can beat threes. Rim protection, resiliency, basketball IQ means a lot more than I shoot more threes than you. But I was told by the experts, the value of analytics are everything. Well, Jokic has better analytics. PER, win share, (laughs) all those things I've been told are so valuable and that I've rolled my eyes at. So for the record, triple doubles now don't mean much right? Analytics are only part of the story. Okay, that's what I said for years. This was not a vote just for Embiid. It was a vote against Jokic. Jokic was part of a number one seed. He played more games, more rebounds, better analytically, the triple-double, and the vote was 73-15. to I'll say what I said with Westbrook. NBA voters, and this is fine, I'm not outraged by it. They vote on stories and who they like and what's the better narrative. And in that case, it's Embiid. He is more fun. He's more on brand. He's a joker. He's a fun, active player that can do so many things. He's got a little bit of shack, a little bit of wilt, and I'm happy for him, right? But be careful in life for all you politicos and all you sports experts, what you lecture all of us small voices on. Triple-double is everything. Okay, okay, okay. Apparently not. Analytics are so valuable. I rolled my eyes. Apparently not. It's not that Embiid won. It's that it's as if Jokic didn't play more games. Or really, if you look at all the stuff I'm told that's so valuable, didn't really stack up. Oh, he did and more. I can be happy for Embiid. I really am. And, and Philadelphia is fun. 
That win the other night, Harden, Maxie, Harris, Doc. I like Daryl Morey. I like Philadelphia. I mean, I don't, I don't trust them in big spots, but they're fun. They're good for the league. But this vote did feel just as much anti-Jokic as pro-Embiid. Here's Joel after. I don't even know where to start. Uh, you know, he's been a uh, long time coming. Uh, you know, a lot of hard work. Uh, you know, you know, I've been through a lot, uh, and I'm just, I'm not just talking about basketball. It feels, you know, it feels good. Um, you know, I I don't have, you know, I don't know what to say. Uh, it's amazing. Now, I do think in the history of the league, it is important for people like Joel Embiid to get an MVP. I do. I wish he played more games. I wish Jokic was represented a little more fairly. But I do think it's valuable. It's hard to tell the story the last 20 years of the NBA without Joel Embiid. I do wish his team was the number one seed Jokic was. I do wish he would win more in the postseason, but Jokic has neither. So I'm not anti-Joel Embiid. I mean, he's very, very valuable. But that triple-double thing, for about two years, I was told the value of it. I roll. Now, apparently, it doesn't mean that much. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know who's really good? Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Listen, we always call it in the NFL season, overreaction Monday. We should call it after the Warriors play and lose a game, overreaction whatever day. Uh, everybody's freaking out. The series is over. Listen, maybe the Warriors met their match with AD. But did you watch the game last night? They played AD the entire second half, all 24 minutes. And he made only two for nine from the field in the second half. Is playing AD now without extra rest sustainable? I don't know. 44 minutes is a lot for AD. I know what is sustainable. Steph Curry playing 40 minutes, running around, Mr. Cardio scoring 28 to 32 points. I've seen that for, you know, 10 years. That's sustainable. But AD in the fourth quarter was not the same player. Look at this. First half, he was 9 for 10. Second half, he was 2 for 9. 44 minutes of AD. Remember, because Memphis didn't have Steven Adams or Brandon Clark, it wasn't a terribly physical series for Anthony Davis against Memphis. He got a break. A lot of his points were easier points. It was a quicker series. Two days rest. Okay, You're going to lose that efficiency with AD if you're asking him to play 40, 42 minutes. So last night was well-rusted AD, well-rested, smaller Golden State without much of a game plan until the second half defensively, off a series against Memphis where he wasn't beaten up physically. Had they had Steven Adams, maybe you don't get 44 minutes last night. If it goes an extra game, you definitely don't get 44 minutes of AD last night. The issue has always been with AD, sustainability. It has never been talent. He's a top 7-8 player when he's healthy. But remember, Jason Tatum, in his prime, wore down in the finals last year. Boston relied too heavily on him. You remember that. AD, 44 minutes is a ton. And they need... They need LeBron in this series. You're not getting 44 minutes in that kind of night from AD in every game. But LeBron has now fallen in love with a three. He's shooting 18% in the playoffs from three-point land. 18% beyond the arc. Worst in the playoffs. And you'll need LeBron in this series. We know AD is going to have a good series. We know he's going to score a lot of points. We know he's going to be at the free throw line. But coming off, no Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, against Memphis into a smaller team with two days extra rest. A.D. looked like Wilt Chamberlain against six six centers in the 70s. I don't think it's going to look quite that easy. Here, though, is Steve Kerr after. I thought A.D. had a great game. I mean, he obviously dominated and, and blocked four shots and altered some others. And But, you know, that's what this team has been doing now for the last few months. Um, they've, they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league for a reason, and, uh, and he's, he's a huge part of that. Now remember, the last time AD was this dominant in the playoffs was the bubble. LeBron was closer to his prime, could give AD more rest. He was three and a half months off, a hiatus during the season. No travel. I'm just saying, 44 minutes for AD, is that sustainable over a series? I do not believe it is. Looney played 29 minutes. 
Draymond foul trouble, only played 34. That first half was like, what? What is this? Varsity JV, I don't think it'll look quite that dominant, my hunch, going forward. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hi, it's The Herd. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Any. That's right. To celebrate college basketball's most frenzied time of the year, it's here. DraftKings is giving new customers a shot to rack up bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code heard once again, new customers. Bet 5 and get 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, code HERD, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I don't understand this. If you've watched the Warriors, uh, they shoot a lot of threes. And it's their culture, and everybody's okay with it. Now, they have the right guys shooting threes. Clay, Steph, and Jordan Poole can shoot them whenever. Wiggins is better mid-range guy. But, um, you know, that, that's the guys that shoot their threes. And uh, Looney doesn't. Draymond doesn't very often. Um, Wiggins does occasionally, but I, I always think he's better in the mid-range or around the basket. So Jordan Poole took a shot at the end of the game. It was a good shot for Jordan Poole. It was a good shot for the Warriors. He's a reckless player. Last night, six assists, no turnovers. He was on his game. He kept him in the game. In the second quarter, he had a moment where he had nine points and one assist, and the assist got a three. He was very responsible for a 12-straight Warrior point run. 
So he played very, very well. And with Draymond getting in foul trouble, Wiggins giving you nothing, AD on fire, he kept the Warriors in the game in the first half. So I don't think people like Jordan Poole. Sometimes I don't think Draymond or his coach likes Jordan Poole, but don't don't confuse not liking him for not liking the shot. Here was Steve Kerr after. I had the timeouts left, but I saw them double-teaming Steph at, uh, at half court. So I knew somebody was going to be wide open if we could just get the ball uh, out. And Steph did a great job. He got the ball uh, out of the trap, and um, Jordan was wide open. And, and uh, pretty good look. And, um, you know, that's, that's a shot he can hit. You know, Jordan had hit six threes already, so um, it's a great shot for us. One of the reasons I say take emotion out of it it's okay for the fans to be emotional. Last night, Warrior fans are complaining about the officials. Bro, Lakers led the NBA in free throw attempts. Warriors were last. It's the style you play that doesn't create any contact. Last night was exaggerated because the Warriors shot like 53 threes. So it was one of those games where they didn't have like a great offensive game plan. The Warriors more rested, more focused. Underdogs played harder, more of a purpose nobody's against the Warriors, right? Like, you've watched the NBA the last eight years. So just ask yourself this. If Steph or Clay took that shot, would you be bothered? No. So why wouldn't you let Jordan Poole, who was the hottest shooter, take that shot? Here's Steph after. What did you think about Jordan taking that shot? Uh, you were getting doubled. It was early. You did have a timeout. Uh, you, you fine with that shot? For sure. I know he, he made six of them tonight. It was decisive. It was, you know, a shot he was open and, and flowing. Considering how they guard us on that possession, you know, trapping me at the half court, Draymond swinging it over to him, it's kind of in rhythm shot. It's just, you know, make or miss type situation. Uh, a lot of trust in him and his ability to put the ball in the basket. So you watch the Warriors and you watch the Lakers and there's Hall of Famers all over the floor. Steve Kerr's going to make it as a coach. It's just Hall of Famers. You watch the Knicks and you watch the Miami Heat and there's a one Hall of Famer and he didn't play Jimmy Butler. Uh, that series is actually, though, good for the NBA, and I'll tell you why. 74 of the 105 points scored by Miami last night were from undrafted players. Miami's winning with culture. Brooklyn had three superstars, fell apart. That was actually good for the league. You can't just go buy superstars, randomly throw them together and win. You can't. It sent a message to fans and the league. Miami, you can have undrafted guys. You play hard, you play together, you can win. I think it's a good thing for the NBA. I'm watching last night, and my question is, how's Miami keeping this thing close? How in God's name are they doing it? And the Knicks, meanwhile, have Jalen Brunson. He's not their best player in 20 years, but he feels like their best leader. Barely six feet tall, discarded by Dallas, second-round Jalen Brown, three years in college. These two teams are about leadership, IQ, toughness. That's why this series is important. The messaging is great. By the way, I like a little flash and drama too. I like Philadelphia. They're fun to watch. I like the Warriors. They got flash. But when the scales get unbalanced, Memphis or Brooklyn, too many stars, too many egos, too much drama, it's not good for the sport. 
So I'm watching Miami last night, and I'm thinking to myself, they are the Warriors East with just less talent. A lot fewer shooters. Uh, but Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Highsmith, 37-year-old Kyle Lowry. How is that thing competitive? It, it, I've said this before. Teams become their cities. Like most Laker teams that were great are flashy. Um, Detroit teams were always tough. Dallas tends to be flashy. Miami's different. Like Miami's this flashy international city, a lot of celebrities and sex appeal, and their culture in this flashy celebrity-driven city is like tough and relentless and defense and loyalty and culture. Uh, it, it, it is remarkable. I don't know if that's ever happened. 74 of Miami's 105 points from undrafted players. That makes no, and they rolled Milwaukee, rolled Milwaukee and Giannis. It's just a remarkable feat in the NBA in 2023, an international sport. And they're getting 70% of their points from undrafted guys on the road. And that game was a go either way game until Josh Hart and Brunson hit threes. I mean, you were sitting there watching that thinking, are are the Knicks going to lose to this group? And then Brunson hit a big three and then Josh Hart did game over. It was totally hanging in the ballast. I mean, I just, I'm kind of, it, it, what Miami's doing is hard to replicate. It just shows you that culture matters in this league. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge college hoops guy. I bet on the sport. I watch games in I November know. and December. More than anybody I've, I've ever met. I've never heard in my life of this Haywood Highsmith guy, whatever his name is, on the Miami Heat. He comes on the court. I'm like, I had to look up his co- wheeling Jesuit college. I never heard of the guy in my life. Just staggering what Miami does. Bali Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo! Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Pauly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. If you're hearing this promo right now, it means you're listening to some other show. Uh, well, why the hell are you doing that? Yeah, get your priorities straight. Well, maybe, Tony, they listened to this week's episode already. I don't care. Listen to it again. Yeah, great point there, Tony. Anyway, you. so you listening out there, make sure and go do that and uh, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, yesterday was my top 10 NFC teams. The draft is over. Free agenting is over. All the coaching hires are over. Now I'll do a couple more, you know, combined top 10s as we get through camp, injuries pile up. But here we go, the AFC top 10. Number one, Kansas City. They started four rookies in the Super Bowl. Ten different rookies played. They'll all be better. Super Bowl, three of the last four years. Matt Nagy returns his OC. They went and got another edge rusher and a receiver, a weapon for Mahomes. No reason they shouldn't be number one. The Bengals at two. Like the Chiefs, see a trend. They got an edge rusher and another receiver in the draft. They also got Orlando Brown left tackle. They got rid of a couple safeties. That tells me the franchise is smart with their money and knows what to do. You don't need great safeties. Burrow is the most sacked quarterback over the last two years. They've got to protect him. They can ill afford injuries up front. But Burrow and Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in the league. No reason it's not Chiefs Bengals to start. My surprise team in the AFC, and I've been reluctant the last two years to embrace them, the Chargers. I think Kellen Moore was a huge gaffe by the Cowboys letting him go. What did they do? Like the Chiefs and Bengals, top two picks, 
wide receiver weapon for Herbert and a great edge rusher. See a trend in the AFC. They also get their great left tackle back, Rashawn Slater, J.C. Jackson back at corner. Last year, they didn't have as many big plays as they wanted. That's a lot to me about the coordinator. Chargers rise to three. Number four, let's not go crazy on the Bills. They were 13-3. and three. They've added Damian Harris, a running back. They moved up to get the best tight end in the draft, Dalton Kincaid. I think they're fine. I do think O-line still becomes an issue. 31st in yards to the tight end. Now they've got two Dawson Knox I like as well. Let's not overstate their regression. They're still the most talented team in their division with a superstar quarterback and a nasty front seven. Number five, a team I think could end up as the number one seed because of their awful division, the Jaguars. Don't forget Calvin Ridley. He'll be a 75 to 80 catch guy. The division's awful. Travis Atn, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, and Doug Peterson now in a second year. They've got all the money in, right? Last year it was new coach, all new players. They've let that bake. Bad division, wouldn't be shocked if they were the number one seed and a 13-win team. Now it gets muddled, and I don't love any of these teams, but there's reason to like all of them. I think the Ravens are going to be really good. I think they became the fastest team. Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman comes back, and Lamar Jackson is in. So I'm putting the Ravens at six. I love their coach. Todd Monken's the coordinator. We'll wait and see. The culture's great. The defense is strong. They're now as fast as anybody in the division. And Lamar Jackson's happy. He wins 75% of his games. Um, and they've really bolstered their wide receiving core, which was their weakness. I think a happy Lamar can vie for the division. Now it gets really tight. The Broncos, and the reason I make them number seven is they shored up their O-line with Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers. But I think people forget how good running back Javante Williams was, or Tim Patrick, they're both back, or their left tackle Garrett Bowles, or Randy Gregory. A lot of big injuries to stars last year, and no team improves in coaching more than the Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton pivot. This is a very good team. They went and got another receiver, Marvin Mims. The offense will look completely different, and I already like the defense. Broncos at seven. Eight, the Jets. I don't love Nathaniel Hackett, but Aaron Rodgers does, so I'll go with it. I think most of their good players are young. Aaron's not necessarily great with young, but I do like Brees Hall. Elijah Vera Tucker is back on the O-line. I think he is an outstanding interior offensive lineman. They can ill afford to get a receiver hurt. Alan Lazard, he's good. He's not great. Um, They're very young on offense. I want to see how Aaron Rodgers and Hackett make that work. My feeling is Aaron would be better in year two than year one, but I have him at eight. Number nine, a team of stock I'm buying is the Steelers. I thought they had the best draft. They had three needs. They nailed all of them. I think their first five picks will all play a lot. Also, at the end of the year, Kenny Pickett played pretty well. Five TDs and one pick over his last seven games. I don't know if he's a star, but getting Broderick Jones, going out, upgrading the offensive line, Joey Porter, Darnell Washington, a blocking tight end. Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons. 
Pittsburgh is sneaky good. I have them at nine. And number 10, Miami. I do not believe Tua plays 17 games, probably closer to 13 or 14. They did not address their offensive line. I think their number one acquisition, Jalen Ramsey and Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator. They will be a much better defensive team. But if two is your quarterback with concussion concerns, I'm a little bothered they didn't attack the offensive line. So there is my top 10. I love my first five. KC, Cincy, Chargers, Bills, Jags. After that, I think it's really close. It will depend. Can Odell Beckham stay healthy? Can Aaron Rodgers stay happy? Can Sean Payton and Russell Wilson work? Does Kenny Pickett grow? Does Tua stay on the field? I love my top five. I'll say it again. The most underrated team in the league may be Jacksonville in that division. They could easily beat Houston, Tennessee, and the Colts twice, go 6-0 in division. Kansas City is not running through their division. It's just too good. Now you've added Sean Payton to it. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Here's a, a story that's not being discussed this morning with the Warriors' loss to the Lakers. Mm. Andrew Wiggins was awful. Mm. And he wasn't awful. He was a little inconsistent against the Kings coming off that, you know, hiatus. Um, I thought last night he added nothing. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, if he doesn't give you 18 and take a little bit off Steph's plate, they're in trouble. Because I, uh, Rick Buecher's now joining us. Bottom line is Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Poole. Yeah. You can beat the Lakers. Last night it was Steph, Poole, no Wiggins, hit and miss Clay. Yeah. So I thought a lot of it was not just not stopping AD, which is going to be a problem in the series. Yep. So let's first start with Wiggins. Uh, just an outlier to you, or is a matchup bad? No, 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 no. I would expect that they're going to figure out a way to make him more impactful. I do think that at the end, when they were when they had that that push, uh, he was huge on the boards. He showed you what he was capable of with his athleticism because he got like three or four offensive boards on one possession. Kept kicking it out for threes, and they just couldn't hit that couldn't hit that shot that would that would turn it over. So. I would expect that he's going to be well, – he has to be. He has to be more impactful at both ends. But I would say especially defensively. I, 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 as this series goes on, while Kavon Looney had a lot of rebounds, I don't think you're going to see the, the, uh, the Kavon AD uh, matchup as much. You're going to see – you might see some Jonathan Kaminga. You're going to see Wiggins. I thought Wiggins was very... Last night they got Jermichael Green out there. He just more size to shoot anything. Yeah, but and that was, that, that was the tell in seeing Jermichael Green. Steve Kerr was basically just looking at his hand and going, what can I play here? Let me see what works as the series goes on. He said it afterward. It's very much, it was very much a feel-out game. I believe that to be the truth. It felt a lot to me like game one of the Kings series. They could have won it. They didn't play particularly well. They could have snuck out a win. If they had, I, I heard you earlier, I agree. I think it would have been a shorter series. But nothing really happened last night that changes my mind about the Warriors winning the series. The Lakers are what they are. And so they came in readily defined on how they want to play. The Warriors came in going, we played a completely different series. Let's and see what 
kind of works as we go along. And I believe once they look at the tape, they're going to find some defensive, they're going to tweak their defensive matchups. But that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the creativity of Steve Kerr that I think pushes the Warriors through. Um, Jordan Poole could have taken a dribble, gotten a better shot. It yeah. didn't bother me, though. <laughs> I thought he played pretty well. Yeah. We always, we always focus on, like, the last shot. And to me, there were a lot of other things that they did that lost that game. It wasn't that last shot. That last shot could have stole it. There's a lot of other things that Jordan Poole did. There's a lot of other shots that he took that I take issue with. He just, he has to... I think that's who he is. He I, don't has think to, he can, I don't think he can grow up. I kinda, do you I, think D'Angelo Russell has grown up? Not really. I thought he played well last night. I think D-Ross, there's a reason the Warriors got him out of town fast. There's a reason the Lakers moved off him. There's a reason, there's a reason the T-Wolves did. I always categorize them as like bounce around the league guys. Yeah. They're talented and teams are looking for, like for instance, the Lakers get D-Log and their takeaway is we need some perimeter shooting. Yeah. Like Westbrook can't do it. So he gives them something and last night did that they didn't have. Yep. But they're not building around him. They're not extending sure, him. The sure, Stilos sure. here for the for for this year to give them some perimeter shooting. Austin Reeves, they're going to sign him. Right. Right? Like so I think I think Jared Vanderbilt works for them now. Right. They needed twitchier wing athletes. He was good against Steph. So I think the Lakers it, it, it was a brilliant trade deadline move. They got longer, they mm-hmm. got younger, mm-hmm. they got twitchier. And they got better shooting. Right. So, but I don't look at, I mean, I just think, you know, this is years and years ago. My, my, my late father's, we had this discussion. And this was a real bone of content. Can I go, I'll go deep on my family history. Please do. So my dad was a small town doctor. Mm-hmm. And this would, uh, so, so like if you needed glasses, you went to my dad in this entire county. Like we didn't, we had a, you know, like this was it. And I remember my sister and my dad were really close and uh, she had a couple friends, and my dad was, they have very bad credit. They don't pay their bills. And she was like, yeah, but I like the kids. And he was like, that's fine. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I remember this battle. And I remember my dad saying, you know, you don't pay your bills at 24. You don't pay them at 34. You don't pay them at 44. Like, people kind of are what they are. Yeah. He goes, I've had my business for 40 years. The people that didn't pay their bills 20 years ago, they don't pay them now. Yeah. And, and I always, as a kid, I remember listening to this, and uh, my sister's, you know, barking at dad and, but I guess his point was, and I've seen this my entire life, you're kind of formed by like 25. You, you, no, I'm not saying you can't grow up. Mm. You know, you get married, you're a single guy, you get married. But when I watch pro athletes, the guys that are really mature, mm. like are really mature early. Mm. And the guys that Baker Mayfield and Manziel, this is kind of who they are. It's the chip on their shoulder. They're always going to be that guy. Russell Wilson could have been... I mean, literally, Larry Fitzgerald, I had dinner the other night with an NFL GM, Mm -hmm. and he goes, Larry Fitzgerald could run a Fortune 500 company. He could run the league. He goes, he's been like that since he was like 12. Yeah. And so I guess my point on guys that bounce around sports or bounce around teams, they kind of are what they are. And if they can fit into your system briefly, yes. then 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 pay them and have a nice brief relationship. I agree with that, but I do believe that what happens is that teams recognize who these guys are and they find the fit. Like this is a really good fit for D'Lo. Yes, yes, they need him. They need him, and they're but he's just playing a particular role. Like we need some scoring. We need somebody to hit a three. Like, as soon as the defense becomes more uh, problematic than the scoring, 
He's off. That's right. Like, they, they don't play him if he's not providing that's the thing that they need from yes, him, that's right? that's why he's a good fit for them. Right. And the problem with Jordan right now is that as a result of last year and as a result of getting paid, he's trying to do way too much. Yes, I agree. Like, at the times where, and again, this is where it's just the shot selection. He's a really good shooter. And... A wide open three? I mean, look, he was, what, six for ten going into that shot? Um, That's not the problem. It's the bad selections or when he's driving one on two and then he's looking for a foul and he goes sliding out of bounds and now we got a 5-4 the other way. He also disengages defensively. Like, he doesn't know who his man is all the time. I also don't need you talking trash I, in not, the first half yeah, when yeah. you hit a you banked so, in a so shot. So I guess it go, this goes back to my the very beginning. Yeah, is I think you have to and try to instead of trying to change people. Yeah, LeBron James walked into this league and by year three or four he was a fully formed man. He was a businessman. He was a basketball player. He was a husband, and it's like. So you've always known what you could bank on with LeBron. Now, I'm not saying Hmm. the Miami loss didn't make him more self-aware of what he could do and couldn't do. But I think too often in sports, we're trying to change young people. And this they are what they are by 25. Uh, Yeah, but uh, this is the distinction. And and I'm glad you brought up LeBron because I think that this is the the, uh, example, which is LeBron was, I don't think he was fully formed until he went to Miami. But, but it's, I think it's, they finished him. But he knew, he was aware that he needed something else. He was seeking to evolve. And the guys that don't, don't. are the guys <laughs> are not aware that they need to. So Draymond Green is a guy that literally from the day he showed up at Michigan State to the day he ended was a different person. Yes. To the day he showed up into the NBA to the day today. But I know Draymond. He is curious. Mm-hmm. He is a, I mean, he loves to learn. But that's always been who he was. Right. Tom Izzo's like, first day on. I'll give you that. So, like, I think people are either curious and yes. ascending and hungry yes. for information yes. and improvement. Or they're just like, hey, man, I'm getting paid. I love this life. And I'm like, I'm good with both. And that is a big thing with guys in the NBA. Yeah. It's And it's often said. It's like, do you play the game for the game or do you play because of what the game can give you. That's right. And, and, by the way, it's same in the NFL. Like yeah. Trent Dilfer always said, you know, Tony Gonzalez, I once said, what percentage of players love football? Love it. He yeah. goes, 3%. Yeah. And that's okay. I think you get into trouble trying to fundamentally change Jordan Poole. I think he's just going to be kind of a young guy. He's a free spirit. And so when you start asking him to be mature and to, right. don't be reckless. Okay, you're taking away a little bit of his artistry and a little bit of who he is. Yeah. And that's fundamentally who he is. Yeah. But I but I believe that there is a way to contain that. I believe there's a way to extricate the good and minimize the bad. Now you're gonna you're always gonna be juggling it and trying to find See, the perfect Buker, fit. Buker, this is why I don't get frustrated with people. Hmm. Because I come to terms with who they are and I move off of them quick. <laughs> Fair. Or into him. Quick. That's probably why we haven't had dinner. In a weeks, <laughs> Come I'm on. guessing. I, I, okay. <laughs> All right. Bukes. I got no problem. Embiid winning the MVP. Good. Okay. Because I voted for him. Okay. But I was told years ago that triple double is everything <laughs> of which I said, no, it's not. Or we talk about Oscar Robertson all the time. Yeah. If you want to give it to Westbrook because he got abandoned, give it yeah. to him. Yeah. But don't 
tell me the triple doubles, everything. Because Jokic is a walking triple double, and he got blown away in the voting. This is what troubles me. Is Did you ever vote for Jokic? I have never voted. That doesn't bother me. I've never me. put him at the top of my ballot. Okay. He's been on my ballot. Okay. I think he's been maybe even second a couple of times. He's never been right. at the top. This year was the closest that I got to putting him at the top. My great concern is that the reason Jokic didn't win, there were two reasons that are not necessarily good reasons. One is players across the league seem to be campaigning for Joel Embiid. No question. Right? <laughs> no question. And two, the stigma of Jokic winning it three years in a row. Yeah, Jordan didn't. Made, I, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought that voters were going, if they, they were just looking for a reason not to vote for Jokic. They just needed one. I'm going to throw this at you. And they you. found it. Let me support Embiid. Let me okay. pivot here. Is sports entertainment? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. First and foremost. If sports is entertainment, yes. Are movies entertainment? <laughs> yes. Yes. Do I think Top Gun was the greatest movie? Yes, because it entertained me the most. Uh. Did it have the greatest acting, the greatest writing? No, but I thought Top Gun was a great movie because yeah. it made me feel something. Yeah. Same reason a lot of people vote for certain people that wear red hats. They make you feel something, yep. not necessarily think something. Feeling matters. Embiid is more entertaining. Sure. Jokic may have. Jokic is the film that the critics. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's efficiency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Per yeah. win share percentage triple double, but it's entertainment. And Embiid is way more entertaining to watch than Jokic. Yeah. And if it's close, is that a legitimate reason? If I was a voter to vote for Embiid, he's more fun to watch. And it's close anyway. No, it's not. It's not a legitimate reason. It's not a legitimate reason. It's entertainment. Okay. Yeah, but we're giving out an award. It's not. This is not the well, Oscars. You know, the, the Oscars is. You could argue is more esteemed. Uh, understood, esteemed, but it's still. <sighs> we're still talking about excellence. We're still talking about well, is it, is how it, you perform, not how the not how necessarily. You're, you're defining it, you're defining success by how the audience reacts. Well, right? Th there's an aesthetic with pro basketball. But okay, I'll give you an example. I'll throw this out. Here, how about this? I'm going off the rails here. How about this? So I believe one of the reasons Nerf basketball was so popular as a kid. Yeah. Because if you were in my generation, Dr. J was the person to introduce you to pro basketball. Okay. And we were little kids and we couldn't palm the ball. Yep. But we could all palm a Nerf ball. Yeah. And all and of us that played that Nerf rim. ball. Yeah. Everybody that played Nerf ball that's my age. Yeah. We were all pretending to be Dr. J. Yeah. Dr. J was my favorite player. Dr. J sold more Nerf basketball than anybody realized. And so the point was, was Dr. J dependable at the jumper? No. Free throw line? No. Defensively? No. You could not take your eyes off Dr. J. And that's why he was so valuable to the league. By the way, Embiid just won most valuable. Embiid's more valuable to this league. Yes, but the value is supposed to be his value to his team. Well, he's pretty valuable there too. Hey, well, but that should be first and foremost, not how, you know, how entertaining, how many seats he fills, like 
How like why don't we do then we should change the whole metric in terms of how we measure players. Like how many how many season tickets do they sell? What's the attendance well, at their games? Well, did, what are their TV ratings? Why do you vote? By for the way, him? I just have to say, okay, I gotta I gotta pull the curtain back here. This is what cracks me up every time I get a text on what you want to talk about when I come on the show. Right. Because I take my time to answer what I'm going like how I'm going to respond and what we're going to talk about and I know in the back of my head we're not getting to any of that. Who knows where we're going to go? <laughs> I would have been I w- I would have been researching movies and Oscar awards, not freaking uh, Andrew Nerf. Wiggins. Okay. So so why did you vote Embiid MVP then? If you don't believe in my entertainment matters, he's more fun to watch. He's the Top Gun of movies. If it's close, give it to Top Gun. <laughs> so why did you vote for Embiid? Because, because I thought he was the most impactful player at both ends of the floor and made his team better than the sum of its parts based on the supporting cast that he had. Okay, that's fair. I thought that the, the, the tell on Jokic was how much better they were because Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray were there, as opposed to what they were previously. Okay, I know you're all upset because I'm not asking you the pre-written no, question. No, no, this no, no, no. I enjoy this. It's just, it's taxing. I'm exhausted when I get off of this hey, show because hey. I never know where we're going to go. You know what? This is called America. I'm going to start bringing a machete broker. with me because I just got to like, <laughs> hey, this, where are we going? This ain't Stephen Colbert. We don't script anything. <laughs> I've, okay. So, Clearly. So a couple days ago, we did the seven wonders of the NBA. Yes. If you, were a, you got off a UFO. Yes. You'd never seen basketball. And I, you said to me, explain basketball. Mm. What does it look like? How beautiful is it? Mm. And I said, I'm going to give you seven players. Mm-hmm. And they perfectly describe basketball. They're all different, unique, but all amazing. And I went Kareem, Jordan, LeBron, Steph, Magic, Bird, Shaq. And you would replace who with who? I would replace Shaq with Wilt. I just don't see any way that you can't have Will Chamberlain in that mix. And you just brought up another name. I don't know who you would replace, but Dr. J, the influence that he had. Uh, you know what? I may have left that one off. Yeah. Dr. J introduced me to basketball. I'm a kid in rural Washington. Yeah. And I like a guy for the Philadelphia 76ers that just moved from the ABA. And I couldn't care less. I can remember Steve Mix. Caldwell Jones, Bobby Jones, they literally, if you could have Mo bought merchandise, Mo Cheeks, I would have bought all Sixer stuff, and it yeah. was Dr. J. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's a good point. Dr. J, arguably over Shaq or Wilt? <sighs> Boy, that's tough. I, I, I mean, they changed the lane because of Wilt. Yeah. So It's a good point. All right, let me ask you another one of these pre-written questions. No, 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 no. Keep going off the tr- Go on. wherever you want to go. <laughs> okay, one more. Does it bother you at all that Sham Sharanya not only reported Memphis is moving off Dylan Brooks, but the wording yes. was so punitive? It's yes. like, we don't want anything to do with this yes. bum. Yes. Did that bother you? A uh, 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 thousand percent. By the way, you, you should stay unscripted. Your scripted is terrible. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, because it, it suggested that the Memphis Grizzlies are not culpable. Like, oh, God, we, like, look what Dylan Brooks did to us. He is not part of us. He is not who we are. Yes, he is. 
you created Dylan Brooks. That's You're right. responsible. And I, this goes for even guys who are drafted high, and then he's a, he's a bust. It's like you, you scouted him. You decided to pick him that high. He doesn't fit. He doesn't work. And it's all his fault? No. The team, the responsibility on the team is always there. I, I, I never thought I'd get to the point where I feel bad for Dylan Brooks. I feel bad for Dylan Brooks. They kind right of fed now. him. They, 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 they did pushed they, him. At, it, at any point, did they ever pull back on him? And I was around that team this year. The players ran it. And you can look at it. John Moran is another example. Like John Morant literally said after the series, I have to be more disciplined on and off the court. John Morant had to come to that conclusion on his own? Like the, the, the Grizzlies didn't send that message after the first incident? I, that's the part where I, I just, and I, look, you have a very young first-time head coach. Yeah. You have a relatively inexperienced as far as the NBA is concerned, GM. Yeah. Uh, you don't have any veterans in the locker room. Like, they're, it's a young organization, and it operates like a young organization. And I can't put all that on Dylan Brooks. So, I'm not. You're good off the script. You're not as good scripted. I think I like what I'm hearing. Okay. Really, I really liked where you went there. You had a lot of, lot of you were a live wire. So do you guys want me to go to a this break? This is facetious, Colin, right no, now. No, no, I liked it a lot. Is. You're very okay. good at dinner. Yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't drink. So I go out and have a cocktail. I am loose and lubricated, and Rick's out there you know what? giving me, you know, you know. If that's loose and lubricated, Colin Cowherd. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we got to work on that. <laughs> Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 